Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Supreme Court has officially overturned Roe v. Wade. We can tell you right now that in a six to three decision, the court has ruled that states can decide whether abortion should be legal or illegal. Justice Samuel Alito, in his opinion, writing Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Let's take a live look outside the Supreme Court in D.C. right now. Right now, new laws banning abortion are taking effect in several states. This is the first time the Supreme Court has ever granted a constitutional right and then took it away. And honestly, it's kind of surreal. For 50 years, women in America have had a constitutional right to an abortion. And now, just like that, the Supreme Court has decided that it's finished. Hi, my name is Benny. Hi, my name is Isabel. This is Amelia. My name is Jackie. Hi, my name is Josie. My name is Ivka Pierre. My name is Megan. I'm in Providence, Rhode Island. I live in Washington, D.C., and I'm part of the D.C. Abortion Fund. And I'm a volunteer for WEF, the only abortion fund in the state of Rhode Island. I am the founder and executive director of the Reproductive Freedom Fund of New Hampshire. And I am a board member for the Northwest Abortion Access Fund, based in Portland, Oregon. I am filled with a combination of absolutely incandescent rage and extraordinary sadness. Me, personally, I know that I'm particularly angry. And so my thoughts, my heart, my core is with the people who walked into clinics on Friday morning and had to be turned away. I'm also scared for what this ruling says to young people about what our country values. And I'm thinking of the people I've taken care of at um, the abortion clinic, uh, people who were scared and frightened, people who weren't, people who knew what they wanted to do and knew what they needed to do. It really just perpetuates the shame and stigma that we've already attached, not only to abortion, but to sex and sexuality in general. Roe was never enough. Roe never guaranteed access. We know that to be true for Black folks, brown people, indigenous people, trans folks, non-binary people, poor people. It never guaranteed access. We knew this was coming and it still sucks and I'm still crying and I'm still mad. You should know that we're not going anywhere. We're still here we're still funding abortions. And to be honest, I don't really want to hear from, from any politicians. I want to be with my community. I want to be with the people who continue to make abortion care happen. I think that the next few weeks are going to be complete chaos, caught chaos. I think desperate people are going to do desperate things. And my biggest hope is that America and the world are ready to learn this lesson the hard way.
The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, a decision that'll impact millions of Americans for decades to come. For the last seven months, Vice News has been investigating how the anti-abortion rights movement strategically pulled this off. Today, we revealed their playbook, and we look into where things go from here. I'm Ariel Zimros. And I'm Gianna Taboni, senior correspondent with Vice News. This is Vice News Reports. So, Gianna, it's been a heck of a week. Last Friday, we woke up to the news that the Supreme Court had overturned Roe v. Wade. What was your reaction to that news? Well, ADR, I mean, we've been investigating the anti-abortion rights movement for seven months. You know, we really wanted to understand how they would be able to pull this off because we fully expected that this would be overturned given the arguments in front of the Supreme Court and how they reacted back in December. And still, with knowing all of those things, with expecting the decision to come down, it was still shocking. This is something that will affect millions of people. I think the effects at this point are immeasurable. Right. So, Let's start there with the millions of people that are impacted. Who exactly are they? So just to zoom out for a second, there are 26 states that already have or will likely attempt to outlaw abortion. In 2019, in those 26 states, there were 300,000 abortions. We should just like stop and think about that number for a second because it is Enormous. I mean, I don't even know how we wrap our head around that number. That means there will likely be hundreds of thousands of people who will be forced to look for other options. As one abortion provider explained it to us, you know, she called it, this is state-sanctioned forced pregnancy and forced birth. So in the last week, nine states have already outlawed abortion. Arkansas, Kentucky, Missouri, South Dakota, Alabama, Ohio, Texas, and Tennessee. A judge blocked the trigger ban from going into effect in Louisiana and in Utah, but many people think that's just a sort of temporary halt. And so what this means is that there are now these, you know, islands, uh, places that are like some of the last places to get an abortion, specifically in the South and Midwest. Those places are Kansas, where I just flew back from last night, Illinois, New Mexico. And so the abortion providers there are really bracing for a dramatic influx of people from the surrounding states. And all of this is due to the anti-abortion rights movement laying the groundwork to outlaw this, you know, in the immediate aftermath of this decision. Abortion providers, doctors, OBGYNs, they are warning of, you know, what, what they think will be an increase in maternal mortality and morbidity. And that's something that I asked lawmakers in Texas and Oklahoma, specifically the people who wrote these laws. And I was sort of shocked that they didn't really understand what I was talking about. And it's a, it's a massive conversation. I mean, this is something that doctors are telling us we have to focus on right now. Yeah. 
Another thing that this decision has sort of brought up is that it's specifically, at least for one particular judge, it specifically opens the door for the Supreme Court to strike down other protections, right, which could impact even more people. Can you talk to me about that a little bit? Sure. So Justice Clarence Thomas wrote a concurring opinion, which basically means that he agreed with Justice Alito's ruling, but had other reasoning, wanted to make other points, basically. And so he put out this opinion that said the same argument that they used to overturn Roe v. Wade, they could use in other cases, cases that established the right to contraception, to same-sex marriage in relationships. The other justices did not sign on to his concurring opinion. Okay, so I think it's important to lend perspective there and to not be alarmist. It's also important to say there are people who are trying to do this right now. You know, there are people who this is very much a part of their strategy. I agree with you that we shouldn't be too alarmist, that it was just one judge. I think that for some people, the fact that it was brought up at all is it's just it's, it could be very scary. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We've heard from a lot of people who work in reproductive health and reproductive justice that right now is the time to fight. And what have you been hearing from people in your reporting? I was in Kansas and Missouri, uh, and Missouri was the first place to outlaw abortion after this decision. I just got back late last night, and I went to a barbershop, and I just started talking to women in the barbershop, like, how are you guys doing? And they broke down crying. Their emotions were so raw. And a lot of them were disappointed in the Biden administration. They felt like, um, you know, in its early days, but they felt like, you know, he had promised that he would protect this right. And they feel like that they're not seeing that right now. You know, the biggest difference between now and 1973, uh, pre-1973, when abortion was illegal, there was no medication abortion back then. So medication abortion is is um, abortion pills. There are two pills that people can take and they can self-manage their abortion. Doctors say it's very safe. You can do it at home. You don't need a doctor there. There are organizations like Hey Jane, which is based in the U.S., others like Aid Access, which is out of Europe. Um, it's unclear if they will be able to reach women in states where medication abortion is outlawed. But I think that's their goal. And then I think the last thing I would just mention is that there are challenges in court. There are, you know, organizations that are suing states over these laws. So judges have have halted these laws from going into effect in both Louisiana and Utah. We may see more of those in coming days. But I guess the ultimate question is, does that then end up at the Supreme Court again? Like, how do you have that actually have an impact? What abortion providers are saying now is, look, we're doing everything that we can. We're using everything in our toolbox. Any day that we can get to see patients is worth it for us. Every moment, every patient, I mean, that could be like a life-altering thing that we can do for somebody. So even if it's just a week, even if it's just a couple weeks, it's worth it for us. We'll be right back. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Gianna, it's apparent that overturning Roe has been this calculated conservative political strategy for decades. And from what I understand... That strategy isn't over. Yes. I mean, the anti-abortion rights movement is really an ecosystem of organizations, lawmakers, attorneys. So in cases like Dobbs, what they will do is they'll write legislation that they feel like they can get a state government to push through their legislature. They'll have a sympathetic governor, a sympathetic attorney general who they feel will defend the legislation in court. Then they'll you know, do whatever they have to do, give free legal advice to get the law passed. At that point, what they hope happens is that the opposition sues them, you know, whoever they're going after sues them for an unconstitutional law. Once they get sued, that kickstarts them into the judicial process. And it allows them to sort of play this game of ping pong up the court system to where they eventually hope they will land, which is the Supreme Court. And in this case, in Mississippi, That's exactly what they did. Okay, so tell me about this conservative political strategy. Who's behind it? We focused on one powerful Christian legal organization called Alliance Defending Freedom, or ADF. Most people haven't heard of them, despite the fact that they're really powerful in our country. They kind of quietly work around cases which they describe as religious freedom cases or cases involving freedom of speech. So they'll push for, like, prayer in public schools. They write anti-trans bills. They represented that um, baker in Colorado. You probably remember that case that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. So they won that case, which meant that baker then was legally allowed to refuse to serve same-sex couples. That's kind of their bread and butter. They've been involved in 67 Supreme Court wins. They've single-handedly won more than a dozen cases at the Supreme Court. I mean, these are highly effective, highly educated attorneys who have graduated, you know, with honors from 
prestigious universities. They have more than 4,000 attorneys in their network. They train these attorneys, and they're funded by private donors. That seems peculiar to me. Like, how is it that they've been able to stay so quiet, so low profile, even though they're basically changing our culture? So I think that they're just really strategic. You know, I think that they know what benefits them and what doesn't benefit them. Their messaging is really smart and it's really targeted. Okay, so you did actually manage to get an interview with them. Can you set the scene for me? We have been trying to get this interview with them for more than a year. They know they don't have to do these interviews. But when you build relationships over time and they felt like it was worth it for them to do this interview, they do it. I'm Denise Harley. ADF agreed to uh, allow us to interview Denise Harley. I am senior counsel and the director of the Center for Life at Alliance Defending Freedom. So she's a senior attorney who runs their Center for Life, which basically means that she leads all of their abortion-related work. What did you want to understand about ADF and their role in Dobbs going into the interview? So we met in Jacksonville, Florida uh, in early June, you know, a couple weeks before the decision came out. And I really wanted to understand how they got to this point. I mean, this was at that point the most formidable challenge to Roe v. Wade. And given the arguments that we heard in December, you know, we felt like they were going to succeed, that they were going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And so I wanted to understand how they were able to pull this off. Right. And so you get in the room with Denise, you sit down you finally get into the interview, what do you talk about? Well, I just asked her right off the bat. I said, so, like, what was the strategy? How'd you do it? How'd you pull this off? 50 years. How have you done it? And she paused and she said, well, uh, we give the credit and glory to God, frankly. Um, we and then she went on and she talked about their strategy. She had a very sort of what felt to me like a rehearsed answer. You know, she had mapped this answer out with her colleagues, I'm sure. And so I pushed her. Would you consider yourselves co-counsel in this case? So Denise is already... And the comms person off camera said, oh, I'm sorry, she can't, she can't answer that. I just have one clarifying uh, question. You know, she said as much as she can say. And I said, okay, but to clarify, you know, did you all write the arguments at the center of this case? So again, we, we really can't address anything having to do with like, our involvement past what Denise has already addressed. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. And again, the comms person interrupted um, and said, Denise has said everything so that she can say on this. And I felt like I had to push to try to get those answers. Once the Supreme Court decision came out, they sent an email out and they confirmed that they were both on the legal team and that they wrote the arguments at the center of this case. Why was Denise and this comms person and and ADF as a whole so hell-bent on hiding their role in the Dobbs case before the decision was actually announced? The only thing that we have kind of settled on is they're just, they control their message. They want you to know a certain amount at, at certain times. And I think they probably felt like, I mean, based on the time that they, when they released information, to me, it seemed like they only wanted that information released after the decision came out. So it's all part of their strategy. Given that interaction, what was your main takeaway from that interview? That they're not done. You know, are you going to pursue other uh, precedents in the Supreme Court? Court, Griswold dealing with birth control, Obergefell dealing with same-sex I mean, I asked Denise at the end of the interview, you know, 
Are you going to go after Obergefell, you know, which protects the right to same-sex marriage? Or Griswold, which protects the right to contraception? She said, all of our cases, for the most part, are around religious freedom, freedom of speech. We believe those are American values and they should be protected for everybody. Ideal for everyone, if they really understand what that means for Americans. Um, you know, a majority of our cases that we want are very simply freedom of speech. That's really what it comes down to. Whatever you believe, whatever you want to say, in the United States of America... Something to that effect, which to me said, hell yeah, we are. We're going after those cases. Now, I don't know that for sure, but she didn't say no. If they weren't going to go after those cases, I think she would have said no. And that's not what she said. Mm. So with that in mind, what do you think is their next move? You know, that's a great question. What they say is that their goal is to make abortion unthinkable and unnecessary. We went to a Heritage Foundation uh, conservative group. They had an event recently and Denise got on stage and she started making this analogy about kidnapping. She was like, if someone kidnapped your child and took them across state lines, that would be a federal crime. States would be interested in prosecuting that. She goes, but what if, you know, there were people selling drugs, referring to abortion pills, the most common method of abortion? What if people were prescribing selling drugs and they were coercing someone to come across state lines? You know, could is that analogous to kidnapping? And could there be felony charges connected to that? So they're being very strategic about the way that they are trying to outlaw abortion, prosecute, performing an abortion state by state. I mean, they say this is a 50-state battle now. Their, like, work is far from over. Given that we know that that's the next move, based on your reporting, what can be done to maybe halt this, stop it, slow it down? There are a lot of people who are focusing on how can we reverse this? How can we challenge these laws? And I think that there needs to be a focus on the people at the center of this issue. Inevitably, there will be people who will be forced to go through with their pregnancies and they will be forced to give birth. And most of these people are not equipped financially, emotionally, support system-wise, government program-wise to be raising kids. And so the government funding needs to step up. Oftentimes, it's the states like Oklahoma who restrict abortion where the social safety net is weakest. I met with some of these moms who are in Kentucky, who are in Oklahoma, and they don't have the support they need. You know, we question lawmakers on why they're not putting more money aside for what will inevitably be a much bigger need. And so I think we need to be focusing more on how we can help these people. Right. And we know that people who are forced to give birth or who have to go through with an unwanted pregnancy, we know that there are huge consequences for that, right? Because people have been studying that for years. Absolutely. Gianna, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, ADR. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My name is Diana Green Foster, and what I do is study the consequences of unwanted pregnancy for people's lives. I led the Turnaway Study, which is the only study in the United States to look at the experience of people who sought abortions, some of whom received the abortion and some of whom were denied. At the time that we started it, around 2006, 2007, there was this common idea that abortion hurts women. It was an idea that had gone all the way to the Supreme Court. Kennedy, in a majority decision, cited the idea that abortion hurts women as the reason for banning one procedure. We collected, you know, almost 8,000 interviews with people and followed them for five years at 30 abortion facilities across the country. I wanted people to be the same who were just over and just under the gestational limit. The demographics of the people in the study very closely resemble the demographics of people who seek abortions nationally. 60% are already mothers. 50% are in their 20s. About a third of the people were white. A third of the people were black. 20% were Latinx. About 4% were American Indian. Half are already below the federal poverty level. And it reveals two things. One is currently our social safety net is so leaky that we just do not provide enough care already for people who are low income and parenting. And the other um, is that when you look at why people wanted abortions, the things they're concerned about are exactly what happens to people who are denied. They worry about not being able to afford a child. We see they become poor. They worry that the relationship with the man involved in the pregnancy is not good enough, and we see those relationships dissolve regardless of what happens with the pregnancy. They worry about their existing kids. We see their existing kids do worse. And my favorite graph of the entire study is the graph of people's emotions over time who got their abortion. So negative emotions go down over time. Positive emotions go down over time. And one woman said, no, I only think about the abortion when you call me for these interviews. What it is is a window into what the experiences are going to be for people who can't get their wanted abortions. I want people to have more compassion for the experience of being pregnant when you don't want to be. And when people are making decisions about what to do with an unwanted pregnancy, they're making decisions that are right for themselves and their families. And so, you know, deciding for them, we see it produces worse outcomes. Special thanks to everyone who sent in a voice memo. Vice News Reports is produced by Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producer is Sam Greenspan. Our supervising producers are Ashley Cleek and Stephanie Kariuki. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Mixing by Evan Sutton. Our executive producer is Adiza Egan. And the VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is Senior Production Manager for Vice Audio. 
fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Zimros. If you have some time this week, it'd be so great if you could go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and take the time to rate and review our podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. 